So if you're a certain kind of sports sicko, this week is wildly exciting. It's basically a holiday in and of itself because the NFL Combine is about to begin tomorrow. And it is a meat market that I believe must be understood from the inside out. And so what we're bringing you today is one of our favorite episodes. It stars my good friend and occasional nemesis, Dominique Foxworth, who tells us what it was like to go through it and to benefit from it and how to game the system. And so, yes, it is Monday, February 27th. This is Dominique and me. Hi, I'm Pablo. And yeah, this is ESPN Daily. So, Dominique, uh, what was your AOL screen name again? <laughs> NFL Bound 36. Yeah, it's a miracle, honestly, that we're friends. Because my screen name was Yoda followed by six numbers. And those numbers were like reference to X-Men comic books. <laughs> I loved X-Men growing up. So, I mean, I, I just also had a, a goal and that was it. No, you didn't just have a goal and that was it. You're one of these maniacs who had a dream and then lived that dream. And so I have this time machine that I need you to jump into with me. And I'm setting the date to February 2005. Be careful. Don't go back too far because we might not be safe. It was the NFL Combine. It's Indianapolis. You're coming off your senior season as a defensive back at the University of Maryland. How nervous were you before you head into this building where, like, all of this seems to be on the line? Your whole career, your dream. Watching me throw up might have made you think I was nervous. However, <laughs> wait. <laughs> At what point did the vomit that definitely was not a symptom of nervousness come in? I know that sounds absurd, but it was not a symptom of nervousness. It was because I was 175 pounds and I needed them to think I was as heavy as possible. So I drank enough water to get over <laughs> 180. And then I went to the bathroom and was... <laughs> All over the place, along with my brethren. I wasn't the only one who was tricking people with water weight or trying to trick people with water weight. You're describing like what I imagine something between like a boxer and also like a supermodel. No, we're going the other way, though. I feel like boxers and supermodels are trying to trick their way down. Like my throw up was not self-induced. Like <laughs> I could not hold that much water in my body. Like the plan wasn't drink enough water, trick them, then throw it up. The plan was drink enough water to trick them. Then who the hell knows after that? And this might make you feel great. All water. Like, I, if I would have put it in a glass, could have handed it to somebody. <laughs> and they'd be like, why is this water so warm? Eh, don't worry about it. Have a sip. Beyond the fact that, uh, gosh, that is disgusting, um, is, <laughs> is the fact that you are trying to trick people, though. I mean, that seems to be part of it, right? Like, you are trying to be the best self that you, Dominique Foxworth, NFL prospect, had ever been. You're trying to be the best version of a football player because my best self is much more, like, evolved and interested in different things than the best version of myself that I presented to them. So, like, during psyche vows, during interviews with teams, during all those things, again, still trying to trick them. <laughs> trying to trick them into believing that nothing matters more to me in this life than throwing my head into other people's heads for you. 
I'm explaining it to people who haven't been there. But have you been to a job interview and they ask you, like, what's your worst quality? You know what the answer is supposed to be. I care about work too much. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so the combine is one big demonstration of us caring about work too much. For some of us, it's true. For most of us, it is not. But we want you to think so until we get that check. There are few spectacles as bizarre and invasive as the NFL Combine, which will showcase running and jumping and strange bodily fluids when it kicks off Tuesday in Indianapolis. It's a time when millions of dollars in draft stock and the futures, consequently, of multi-billion dollar companies can be won or lost based on some tests that most of us left behind in biz ed. So today, Former NFL cornerback Dominique Foxworth gives us an NFL Combine Confidential, and he tells us what it's really like to be tested physically and psychologically by the NFL Industrial Complex, and whether any of it actually matters. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, Dominique, I do want to start here. I think it's appropriate only to start here with a quiz. Do you remember your combine numbers? Because I have them in front of me right now. Do you, like, have in your memory banks, like, the actual precise results that you got for all of these tests you took? I do remember that I think I was in the top five for cornerbacks, which puts you in the top five for everybody, for just about every ability that they tested. I know my vert was, like, 42 or 40? 41. 41 on the vert, and the 40 time was 435. 434. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just stupid. Like, these are stupid numbers, Dominique. Yeah. What was the broad jump? Do you remember? 125. Yeah, that's a lot of inches. <laughs> that's, that's a real broad oh, it jump. matters. Every, every inch matters. <laughs> it's not the motion of the ocean. <laughs> Don't. It is not the motion. Don't believe what they tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but th- these numbers are like, you know, I mean, it's an NBA level vertical leap. And to be clear, NBA verts, not true verts, they allow a drop step at the NBA combine. <laughs> no drop step in the NFL. My vert is better. Give me a drop step. I might hit 55. I'm Vince Carter <laughs> out that thing. <laughs> so we found some video of you running the 40. Oh, I remember that video. My my shirt didn't fit. I was sexy as hell. The <laughs> muscles was peeking out. No shorts on. It's medium energy on the shirt. <laughs> you got a, a great taste of the quads and everything else. Just compression shorts blazing. <laughs> Dominique Foxworth okay, from Maryland. Three-year starter at Maryland. All ACC. Looks pretty good. 
Yeah, I thought he came out of there low and hard, especially those first 10 yards looked excellent. Unofficially 4.41. Unofficially 4.41, but officially 4.34. And that's just objectively blazingly impressive for a young Dominique Foxworth. Although I do want to point out here also that we did find a video of you running some drill and apparently Rich Eisen did not officially call you Dominique Foxworth. Oh, really? Who'd he call me? Dominique Foxworthy. Dominique Foxworthy from Maryland up next. Once again, he was very good in the 40, unofficially 4.54, and also a 4.47. Oh, see, the combine doesn't matter. I wasn't fast enough for him to learn my name. F*** you, Rich. <laughs> Rich not only butchered my name, but he did what was much worse. Butchered my 40 time. Like, get out of here. He said I ran a 4-5. He started out by saying it was impressive, and this is a 4-5. That's not impressive for a cornerback? Stop it. What did you do to prepare for all of this, Dominique? Because I know when I study for a test, like I'm going in the library for a summer, and I'm just living there, and it's sad, I'm depressed. But this, to prepare for this particular event, what did you do? I mean, it's the same thing. And just my library was a training facility in Paramus, New Jersey. My senior year, we weren't good, so there was no bowl game. So I spent several months getting ready for the combine there. And we would um, work out in the morning, take a nap, watch Maury, work out in the afternoon, <laughs> eat in the little hotel and whatever. Like, that was just it for several months. But in terms of, like, what you knew you had to do, how did you learn that? Did you, like, go and hire somebody? Is it standard to go and hire, like, a special coach? How does the wisdom of how to ace this test get sort of transferred to you? So the agents normally have uh, either they have their own training facility or have some relationship with a training facility. So that's where I went. And it was helpful to go there because it's all the whole class in that particular agency kind of works out together. I was there with Fabian Washington was a first round corner that went and I think he broke the record for the 40 time. So while I was blazing fast running four threes. He was running four twos next to me all day. So trust me, I did not enter the combine with a whole bunch of confidence. <laughs> I love that. I love that you ace this test or you think you do. And then the guy next to you is like, man, congrats on that B plus. <laughs> yeah, it, Fabian was definitely messing up the curve. Like you are <laughs> really ruining the curve for the rest of us. And so did you know which measurables were most like crucial? Yeah. Did you have a sense of that? And, and what was the logic there as you understood it? different positions, different things matter for different positions. And football is such a specialized sport. Like, they don't care how much you bench press if you're a cornerback. And so, like, I was pretty strong, but I didn't train for the bench press. 14 is, is oh, yeah, the number you got. Much less than I was doing when I was at Maryland. Like, I could do more, but I was like, get over 10. It's all that matters. So, the other things like vertical leap and broad jump, you know that it's not about you actually jumping because when do you do a broad jump in a football game? It's about demonstrating some power. All the agility stuff, the shuttles, all that stuff is important because it's like sudden change direction is important to a cornerback. So I think it matters a lot for a cornerback to ace all the on-the-field stuff because like it translates. But they could also just watch all the four years of footage that <laughs> I put up at Maryland and decide, which I think is what they did in the end anyway. Well, that's my question, right? You have all of these tests that you're taking and you're doing real well. But all of that, you're telling me like... It also is just obvious just on tape. And so did all of this feel kind of silly on that level then? To be honest, it feels so important. And for some players it is. 
but it's also not that important. And you don't really know if you're that player or not when you hate there. Just like, I have to do well because nothing good comes of me not doing well, so I have to do well. But if you run really fast, but your tape is bad, no one cares. If your tape is really good and you're slow, there are people who are still interested in you. But it's so rare that you come in with guys who are not like first-round picks, then you leave the combine, and they do become first-round type talents. I feel like DK Metcalf, who ended up not getting in the first round, like he really benefited from the combine. But it's so rare that that happens, that people drop out of the first round or enter the first round because of their combine performance. But the most important thing is the thing that they probably have no ability to test is like, even though they do psyche vows, like really, it's what's inside that counts. Wow. Wow. That's inspirational. And they do study the outside because I'll never forget standing on the stage <laughs> in my drawers. I knew we're getting to it at some point. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right now because, I mean, this is very famously like the underwear Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I ran my 40 in my underwear, literally. <laughs> and <laughs> Not boxers, by the way. No, 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 no. no. They were, no. They're tight. Aerodynamic. They're tight. Oh, yeah. Look it up, ladies and gentlemen. I don't <laughs> care. Just get a taste. <laughs> um, and then there's also the time where you, like, stand on the stage, like, very famously. We all have seen the Tom Brady picture where he, like, just looks like a glass of milk. Yeah, the only time I've ever related to Tom Brady <laughs> is that time. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels dehumanizing, honestly. And it's not dehumanizing, at least for me, it wasn't when I was thinking about it. But then when I'm up there on the stage in front of the people, they're all just looking at me and I just got all my drawers. It's like, damn. So all this information, Dominique, including you standing up there on stage in your drawers, how exactly does all of that get used as a result as you see it? I'm not sure. Like, I think that no one wants less information. Generally, if you're in a decision-making situation, you want more information than less, and you'll put whatever weight on it that you want. But I think what ends up happening is coaches and general managers and teams use this information to justify decisions that they were planning on making anyway. Mm. You know, like, it's like, see, told you he was fast. <laughs> or they'll find a guy that they really like and say, see, told you he was smart because he wasn't fast. <laughs> and they find these things to, to justify the decision that they wanted to make in the first place. So now I'm beginning to feel like I'm the guy who is sort of like digging up his friend's SAT scores. Because I'm wondering, Dominique, like, is this even a thing? The combine test scores that you got, these times, these benchmarks, is it even a thing that you talked about, like, in the league again? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not something that we talk about very much, but it's something that really matters. So when you go into, like, a coach's meeting room, they have all the players and, like, little placards, magnet placards on the wall, and they move them around. And they do the same thing during free agency. On there is your name, height, weight, school, 40 time. Mm. My 40 time was 434. For my entire NFL career, <laughs> I ran that fast one time in my life. I never ran that fast before. I never ran that fast after. But for my entire career, I was like dubbed a speed guy. And so it matters. That characterization matters. When general managers are looking for free agents, they are looking at those 40 times. So it sticks with you. It's something that you can't shake. And I can say this to you as somebody who then went on to Harvard Business School. It does feel like a 40 time of 434 is like the... You went to Harvard oh, yeah. of results. Exactly, because it doesn't actually mean anything, but it automatically gets you respect.
Dominique, after the break, I want to talk about the psychological aspect of all of this and how it is that, yeah, your brain got perceived by all of these NFL teams. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is, not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Picture this. You arrive at your hotel. You have an important online meeting lined up with clients from all across the country. You have your laptop open, ready to begin, and the Wi-Fi is so terrible you can't even connect. These type of stressful situations happen all the time, but they don't have to. When you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you have access to their free high-speed Wi-Fi. So you can take care of those critical emails, join your meetings on time, and even unwind by streaming your favorite shows without having to worry. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The whole fact that it's a TV show now, right? And we benefit, again, from the trickle-down economics as people who are now media figures. How much does that drive the decision-making around this as an enterprise? The fact that this is meant to be, as much as anything at this point, seemingly entertainment. Yeah, I think when the Combine was first created, it made sense because there was less film, there was less availability to get to these guys and meet them. But I think not too long ago, and when I was there, they started putting it on NFL Network. They started to realize that we'll watch anything football. And by we, I mean fans. (laughs) I mean all of America. Yes. And they realize that they can put it on TV and make money off of it. And that money goes into the pot that is divided by the players. So everyone has an interest in keeping this television product up and running. But I do think that more now than ever, it becomes more valuable as a television property than as an evaluation tool. And the irony in all of this, though, is that like last year, because of COVID, There was no combine. And we had a bunch of rookies that got drafted. And it feels like everything turned out okay. What's your evaluation of how the sport was worse off because there was not a combine? It wasn't worse off. (laughs) Like, I don't think it was impacted at, at all. There's more than enough information out there to make these decisions without it. Like, we had a season where we pretty much had an abbreviated offseason the year before that and the football was fine like the football even if it is slightly less great y'all don't know the difference (laughs) like football is like with any technology if you've read anything about like disruption theory it gets to a point where the technology is good enough in all additions afterwards so like think about your iphone as an example new iphones stop making a difference I don't know, 10 years ago, they had all these little (laughs) features that you don't notice the difference. I feel like we are at the same place with NFL football. It's every little incremental 
quality point we add to it, no one is discerning enough to know the difference except for like super users who like understand that you can tap the back of your iPhone and make it call the police or something. I don't need one more lens. <laughs> like one lens is a is enough, Tim. No, Dominic, I disagree. There is yet more room on the back of my phone for lenses. I want <laughs> all <here>. the lenses. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the combine is the fourth lens that you are lobbying for. But, Dominic, it also occurs to me, right, that, like, the other secret reason that the combine is such a big thing that's circled on the NFL's calendar is because it's also kind of like this high school reunion. It's also kind of like this convention. I mean, I have not been to the Combine, so I don't know what that's like, but how would you describe just the social ecosystem of this whole enterprise? Yeah, it's a convention, St. Elmo's. If you've ever been to Indianapolis, you know of St. Elmo's. It's the only steakhouse that anyone ever mentions, and St. Elmo's be cracking Combine (laughs) time. That spicy cocktail sauce is spilling all over the place because everybody is in St. Elmo's. You cannot get a seat in that place, but it's incredibly important for like networking, relationship building, coaches meeting other coaches, scouts talking to other teams and trying to to, um, advance their careers. I feel like the Super Bowl is like a media convention, sports media convention, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool, but the combine is like the coaches and scouts convention where they can all get together and no one's stressed about their game. Everyone who's there has a job. You can build relationships. It's probably pretty fun if you hang around St. Elmo's enough. I'm sure there's some place off the beaten path that we don't all know about where the real rich people go. I, I don't think so, Dominique. I feel like everyone's just throwing shrimp at each other at St. Elmo's. That's that's how I understand it. I think it's a great place to go for those sorts of things because you will hang out St. Elmo's. You'll find a hammered coach stumbling out of there at some point. Well, speaking of people's mental states, I do want to ask you here about the psychology of all of this, because that's another enormous reason why the NFL Combine has been so scrutinized for decades now, right? I mean, the Wonderlick test in particular, which is this IQ-style exam that was supposed to measure cognitive ability, was always controversial, but that was finally eliminated for good. And so how big a deal, first off, was the Wonderlick, Dominique, as somebody who actually had to take this thing? No one cares about the Wonderlick. The coaches don't care about the Wonderlick. GMs don't care about the Wonderlick. Players don't care about the Wonderlick. Remember I told you we practiced stuff to get ready? Yeah. I didn't practice the Wonderlick because no one, <laughs> like, no coach is making a decision on the Wonderlick. I did not stress about the Wonderlick. I didn't care what I got on the Wonderlick. I could tell you what I got on all the other tests, no idea what I got on the Wonderlick because you know what football coaches don't want? They don't want somebody who's too smart. Guarantee <laughs> you, they don't want somebody who's too smart. The Wonderlick is a terrible assessment of someone's IQ. So it's like not even a good test. Like I think it was created as an aptitude test during wartime to decide what people were best suited to do. Hey, you did well on this. You probably need to be an engineer in the Army. Hey, you got a one on the Wonder Nick? Hey, grab a bayonet. Get out there. <laughs> Front line for you, buddy. Trench warfare for you <laughs> of a more literal kind. In football, we are all on the front line. So, like, it does not matter. They're not looking for intelligence. Uh, I guess maybe you could argue that the quarterback's Wonder League score matters, but I don't remember the last time that a quarterback had to do simple, a bunch of simple math problems quickly to make a decision. (laughs) 
I love that the only test that's literally a test is the one thing that you blew off. <laughs> I wrote an article about the Wonderlick, and I remember, I think Benjamin Watson got like a perfect score on the Wonderlick. It's like 50 questions, and you got like 15 minutes to answer 50 questions. I can't read 50 <laughs> questions in 15 minutes, let alone answer them. I do remember that for so many years, like the legend of my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick uh. was that he finished the Wonderlick faster than anybody which was not even like a matter of him getting a perfect score. He just finished it as quickly as possible, which always was funny to me as a matter of like achievement. I think Greg McElroy did really well. I remember Alex Smith doing really well. For some reason, I have Brady Quinn in my head. Did he do well? And your boy Fitzmagic did well. Like the correlation, I think the closest person to the Hall of Fame of all those guys is Benjamin Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but my God, did it correlate to future broadcasting and oh. podcasting opportunities. And as for the interview portion of the Combine proceedings, like beyond the psychological evaluations, what are those like? Yeah, so the interview portion is fine. Like certain teams request the interview. There's some that are informal where you just hang around and there's like an informal interview period where coaches or scouts can just grab you and pull you aside and chat. And then there's like wait, wait, formal. Wait, 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 wait. Grab you? Where, where are you at? Like this is like a high school dance now that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's pretty much like that. It's in a big auditorium that is formerly a train depot because the hotel that we're in used to be a train station. And it's been revamped into a hotel. And you hang around, try to show a little leg, and get, <laughs> and get the Browns to pull you aside and ask you some questions. And then Drop a all, handkerchief, throw some, show yeah. some ankle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just give them a little ankle. <laughs> Unbutton three buttons. Let them know I'm open for business. <laughs> and then there's a formal interview process. The teams have suites during this formal process. And some of the suites continue on the train mo motif in our train cars. So they'll pull you into a train car, you slink back in there, and then you sit across from them and they ask you a bunch of questions. It's normally reserved, I think, for like high draft picks and guys with the dreaded character concerns. Mm. Like those are people that they want to talk to in there. I didn't get too many of those interviews because I was neither going to be a first rounder, nor was I somebody who had like arrests or, or issues in college. So what you're saying is that no one asked you, like, Jeff Ireland asked Des Bryant, is your mother a prostitute? <laughs> Not one person asked me that question. Uh, I did get asked if I'd rather be a cat or a dog, though. Ooh. Hey, and what, what, what did you say? I said human. Wow. I don't respect the construct of your question. No, nah, no, nah, that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wish I said. I was like, I'm a doggy. <laughs> I will chase after the ball that you throw. <laughs> the, the psychological eval, I remember when I was preparing for that portion of it, I don't think they give those tests at the combine. But when you go on team visits, I know the Giants are infamous for having like a 600-question psyche eval at one point. They don't anymore. Whoa. But I remember as prepping for the combine, my agent gave me an old Giants psych eval. I also remember going down to Tennessee for my visit and sitting with their team psychiatrist and leaving. And I guess, I don't know if this is like appropriate or not, but he was like, this is the best evaluation I've ever done. Then they drafted Pac-Man Jones in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it because I was like, man, they need corners. He said, my eval is great. This is awesome. I'm going to be in Tennessee. First round, first pick, Pac-Man Jones. I guess I guess his, his train car interview went better than mine. 
He wanted to be a cat. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so at the very end here, Dominique, I am realizing that this is an event that doesn't matter nearly as much as I thought it did for NFL prospects. It's a thing that clearly has other functions that are like ancillary to actual talent evaluation. So what should be the future of this thing? Should it even exist? It makes money. Like, I, I think we have to understand that it's much closer to the Pro Bowl than it is to the Super Bowl and that the Super Bowl actually matters and the Pro Bowl doesn't. But no matter what, we're going to watch it. And if we're going to watch it, they're going to sell it. To some degree, the players, many of the players will benefit from the money that is entered into the league's coffers and they split it amongst them. But some of those players just going to be uh, posting pictures of that time they ran the 40 at the combine on their Instagram when they're 45. Dominic Foxworth, man's best friend. Thank you for joining us. Bye, Pablo. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>